you're about to listen to Brittle Star's really great podcast. The really great podcast is fueled by our well-caffeinated friends at Club Coffee. It's a it's kind of a misnomer because there's no actual club to join. They just they make like they they make coffee. There's no club, so don't don't get your hopes up. They make delicious compostable coffee pods that you can find at retailers across Canada, like Loblaws, Amazon, and Costco. And they're Canadian too, eh? If you're not into coffee, sorry. Who are you and what do you do? You, uh, do you want to go ahead? Yeah, I'll go Ladies ahead. Ladies first. Hi there. I'm Julia Ladkowitz. I'm a comedian. I'm an actor. I'm a writer. Uh, I'm a home cook. Yeah, that's that's who I am. Do I elaborate or uh, is that all? No, well, that's that's good. No, that's good. And you brought someone with you. Who did you bring with you today? I brought my husband and my lover and my best (laughs) Wow. What is this podcast rated? R. Well, it's suddenly got interesting. Um, (laughs) Yes, I am a full time lover and a a stand up comedian. My name is Matt O'Brien. a year ago, I wouldn't have said stand-up comedian because who knows what I was a year ago, but I'm mm. a little bit back into it now, so I'll say it again. And I also make dumb videos on the internet, uh, and that's where I met you, Stu. It sort of coaxed him into meeting up with myself, my wife, and my young child in young Dundas Square one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember, yeah, telling Julia about that. She's like, where are you going this afternoon? I'm like, well, I'm meeting a family that I'm on the internet. <laughs> And I think she thought I, she was never going to see me yeah. ever again. It was obviously right, a is, sting operation. Is, you know, the days before TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Vine was, I'm like, this Vine's getting out of control. It is. It was a little out of control. But, <laughs> Meeting uh, strangers at Dundas Square and their yeah. small boy. <laughs> it's not even like Craigslist where I was buying a coffee table. Off no, there anything. was the only transaction was, was just emotional. That was it. That was the only transaction. Yeah, it's pure emotion. <laughs> pure emotion. <laughs> but it was really fun back in those days. One of the things I hate that I do, one of the things that I like that I do is that I'm really like, I'm like fiercely loyally supportive of anyone who kind of came up, and I'm air quoting that for people at home, um, yeah. uh, through those, like that that time on Vine, because it was the same time I did, I sort of feel like a loyalty. So it was really exciting when we got to meet you in person. I was like, oh my God, it's that guy. It's that guy from the internet. That's so cool. <laughs> And then, uh, but it was really, really strange because we were like a family and you were like a young man. And I was like, oh, are you uh, married or do you have a lady friend? And you, and you were like, no, no, she decided yeah, not to come. And I was now like, that seems like, fair. I mean, I probably wouldn't have come. Seems send, wise. Send me out to, send the lifeless, the lifeless probe out to meet the internet people. <laughs> if I come back alive, then it's, it's all safe. We actually did a video. One of the vines was you abducting our young son, Gregor, who was like 13 at the time. Yeah. And this was before I had a mustache. So it was less believable yeah. at the time. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> probably better. I didn't have the mustache at the time. Otherwise real cops well, would have been called. I think that's a testament uh, to your acting ability is that even without the mustache, we fully thought you were predatory. So <laughs> that's exactly it. Um, can I put that on my next show poster? <laughs> what was this video though? That like you're like, hello, stranger I've seen on the internet. Can you come and pretend to kidnap our boy? That was yeah, essentially that the was pitch. It. I think that was you know, Vine was a, it was it really wild was. West. <laughs> it was the it was the wild west terrible. Like we're at the point in 
in internet videos where every sketch has been done pretty much. So that was this was oh like fresh. This yeah, was exactly, fresh. exactly. No one had no one had really done uh, child abduction comedy at that point, and we really we really leaned no, into no. it initially <laughs> for that one vine. Yeah, there well, was it was the we turned out it wasn't the yeah, market that absolutely. you want. That was the thing is that we really got into it, and we're like, what kind no, of merch are we going to be able to sell to these people? <laughs> <laughs> really, really questionable. Yeah. So we did sort of just, you know, divest it. But then we changed it up though, because I remember back, uh, we did that one where the, the video, uh, where, uh, you had come along and I was telling Gregor, we were in the big city and stuff. And then you came into the back of the frame and, and like picked him up and like, well, stuck, took money from him first left frame came back into frame yeah. <laughs> and picked him up and looked directly at camera and dragged him off camera and that passed for comedy back in 2013 <laughs> 2014 <laughs> yes but in 2014 you could look right in the camera and not no. anymore. That's, uh, that's gone no that Good fourth view. wall was fully put back up i think actually after that because no one no one wanted yeah. to see in there at all <laughs> I want to talk to you guys about the fact that, first of all, that I've, you know, I've spoken to a number of Canadian comedy couples, uh, spoken to uh, Colin Mockery and Deborah McGrath and uh, Brent Butt and Nancy Robertson. Mm. Now, do you think, do you think that Jeez. this is the secret sauce to your comedy is the fact that you are both comedians? Like, because you're married? Do you think that's it? Do you think that's it? Maybe. Wait. It was What's a bad question. question. Do you think- I just kind of <laughs> kept talking. And like we, it was my intonation like more than a question. Because there's a trend of, well, here's the thing. Those other couples you interviewed were much more famous and well-off than we are. Yes, uh, but they're so also th- older. <laughs> yeah. No offense, Brent, but, That's but you're right. older than me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so they've had more time to, you know, figure their stuff out. Yeah. Um, but it is good. I, I mean, that's the thing. It's I like being in a comedy relationship. I like good answer. It's, uh, it's yes, I like it. Please, if I blink th- three times, that means help me. Um, but no, it's great because we can be creative together. And like all my other relationships before this ended because of comedy. Because I'd be like, I you have had to- other relationships. Before can me? you believe oh, it? My I mean, well, he didn't I have the mustache then. So that was the thing. Like, um, yeah. Yeah, I was a different guy. Yeah, different, different man, guy, different universe. So it's it's great to be in a relationship of somebody that understands uh, the biz. Yeah, you know? and for me, it's whenever uh, when I was dating before, and people would find out that I did comedy or whatever. It was just regular guys trying to make me laugh, <laughs> being so cheesy and weird about it, and awkward. And I'm like, ugh, yeah. I hate this. So, and I said, I'm like, I'm never gonna date a comedian. They're yeah. all dirt bags. And then I met this one. I'm like, he's kind of dirty, but I can buff him up. I was uh, very dirty when you first met me, which is a testament to what your mm -hmm. tastes are. I don't know. I was I was also like 22. I didn't freaking know. But you did clean me up. I like, that's the thing. A lot of women are like, I found a guy and I fixed him. She literally did. She like (laughs) (laughs) told me all the things I was doing wrong. And I was like, I just need someone to tell me this. That's good. Thank you. Yeah. You were like, you went to school in Oshawa and like, you were just just a a gross boy. (laughs) I was gross. I was a little gross boy. I was a little dirty boy. And now, now oh, like absolutely. He's a handsome young man. You're both very good looking. But I said before we started recording, it's just youth and that'll that'll uh, be fleeting. So just enjoy it while you can. It's fleeting quickly. Quick, quicker yeah. than I expected. <laughs> You're talking to the wrong guy for any sympathy there. <laughs> so I didn't realize you went to school in Oshawa as well. Why? <laughs> 
Why? I fell down a flight of stairs and when I woke up, I was there. <laughs> You're in Oshawa. Um, You're like, I want to go to school. Yeah. Wait, I'm looking no, at campuses. I, elected- I need something close to the GM plant. Is there anything <laughs> close to the GM? Yes. Yeah, I want to hear. I want to go to a bar where a bunch of guys just finished building engines <laughs> with their bare hands. Um, no, it. I lived in Peterborough for a bit, and then literally the only reason I went was because all my friends yeah. went were going to school, and I was like, oh damn, I guess I should go to school too. And I like just picked a random subject. I, I went I, for broadcast right. journalism. Had no interest in the news <laughs> or anything. But I was like, I like TV and I like the movie Anchorman. (laughs) So I will go for broadcast journalism like an idiot. But it actually led to me doing comedy, oddly enough, because I got I learned how to video edit there. There was like a video editing course I took uh, through it and like Photoshop and all this stuff. And then I interned at TV Canada and then like started doing stand up in Toronto from there. So it all blossomed from there. Um, I got yeah. a video on yeah. trial on Much Music through mm-hmm. my journalism class, which that was, was a crazy. huge show. It was massive. So it was yeah. the biggest show in Canada, and we all got paid one hundred dollars <laughs> an episode. It was the most Canadian thing. Yeah. Unless you were one of the like the main cast, then you'd maybe get like right. two hundred. Yeah, but it- I posted about it the other day, and somebody else that was also on it, they're like, "Wow, you got a hundred eighty yeah. I'm like, oh my God. They were really nickel and diming people. They're like, you're, listen, you're not $100 material. Yeah. You're more $80 max. That's it. But that main guy, what's the name of the, the, the blonde crazy. comedian that was on there? Trevor Boris. Uh, Trevor Boris. Yeah. Who is, is he now? He now does like the, the games on Big Brother. He yeah. does Big Brother. He's also the showrunner for uh, Drag Race Canada. Yeah, like, big showrunner, yeah. producer. He's doing great. He's doing what we all should have done. Yeah. <laughs> Quit <laughs> comedy and go behind the scenes in a big way. And invest in things. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. None of us are jealous. Wasn't it? Didn't you open for Trevor Boris? Oh, no, we both opened for Trevor Boris a couple times. I opened for Trevor Boris. Um yeah, at a college gig once where I, I got $50 and I, uh, it was, but he would awful. get like standing ovations walking to the yeah, stage, just walking from up video to the stage. Trial. people would go crazy. Also, I opened for him at a comedy club and he was supposed to headline doing like an hour and he did 20 minutes and walked off. And I'm like, that's oh, wow. hilarious. Like yeah. but he killed, he killed for 20 and then is like, I'm done. And I'm that's, like, enough. that's the best. Leave him wanting more. <laughs> exactly. Phenomenal. So I want to ask both of you, what was the main impetus for heading to, I mean, I know what the answer is, kind of, at least I think I know what the answer is, but what was the main impetus for moving to LA? Is. Yeah. Like what, why, what was the thing that finally made you go, okay, well, let's do this. I think for both of us, we had both been doing comedy in Toronto for quite a long time. Over 10 years. Over 10 mm-hmm. years. Yeah. And it's like, we weren't, we were doing well in like the comedy realm, but at least for me, I felt like I wasn't getting seen by certain casting directors and whatever, because like for like acting stuff and I'm like, there's only so much I can do here. And then I, both of us talked about this. I'm like, I can't picture doing like some of the same road gigs year mm, after year yeah. and going to these small towns and which is fine and fun for like a bit. But like, I think in any job you just kind of want more and in life you might want to live another place. And yeah, mm-hmm. and we're finally like, I, I would kick myself if we never tried. Yeah. Sure. And also it's, it's like I was doing like commercials and stuff, but I wasn't able to like book any like television work because mm-hmm. it was all going to Americans that were coming up to Canada. 
And like even the comedy festivals, like they would they would show the Americans, they'd be top listed, every American <laughs> comedian. And then we'd be on the bottom of the poster in the smallest print. And it was like, you really gotta make it in these in the States to make it in Canada. That's the thing. It's like a really weird aspect. Of I mean, but you, you can obviously be Canada famous like Brent, Butt, like, and yeah. Brent Butt was in LA for a bit and did well. Like he's had, he's Mr. Canada. People love him and that's great. And I, I do love Canada and maybe someday we'll move back. Cool. And that's the thing. <laughs> if I was Brent Butt, I wouldn't leave Canada. Yeah. Don't feel guilty. I'm not trying to make you feel there. guilty. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to like, Listen, Brent Butt's going to call me and be like, I heard you were talking. Smack. Exactly. It's going to be me. It's going to be a conference call with me and Brent with you guys. What's the deal? <laughs> you got a problem with Canada? Um, <laughs> but that's such a Canadian thing though, isn't it? As what you're saying about, uh, I mean, it's, it's, I've had this conversation with others about how I feel the tide is turning a little bit and it's not turning fast enough. I think for people to see a, a really big difference necessarily in the next 10 years, but there's a bit of a Canada is kind of getting a little less self-conscious about itself because there really is that aspect of, Oh, you're, you're famous in America. Well, come on up to Canada and yeah. we'll treat you like a King. Uh, as opposed to like, Oh, well you're doing really well in Canada, right? We're going to put you in the uh, four point uh, font at the bottom of the poster. <laughs> yeah. And I don't get it. Like how, how, but, but at the same time, what's the reaction you guys get when you're in LA and you're doing stuff in the States? Are you, like are people, is there an exotic aspect of being Canadian anymore? A little no. bit. No. I mean, not crazy enough. We we thought we thought there would be. <laughs> like we we would show up to shows when we first moved yeah. here, and they'd be like, "What's your credits for your intro?" And we'd and we'd be like, "Well, we're Canadian," and they're like, so? "Yeah, like uh -huh. who cares." Like that guy over there is from South Africa. Like who cares? Like everyone's from everywhere else. There, there were a few because I feel like there was a ton of Canadians who came maybe like three or four years ago to LA, and then people were like, "Oh, the Canadians coming in and like taking all our jobs." And I was like, "Haha!" Yeah. But I'm like, "No, you're kind of serious." <laughs> um, so no, it's not. We're not exotic by any means. Um, I actually had a booker because uh, I went. I like sent my video to be on mm -hmm. a show and he was like, I was like, can I send you a clip? And he goes, you're Canadian, right? Let me guess. It's a big JFL gala in a big, beautiful theater. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I get it. You guys all do theaters up there. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like they... <laughs> made me feel shitty for doing or they make you feel like just because you're Canadian they just give you a just for laughs I'm like I worked my butt worked off hard. for that yeah it's like part of the healthcare people are like listen you're Canadian alright would you like a headlining slot at JFL we can make that happen that's not a problem yeah. it's gonna be a one month wait but apart from you that you get to do a a Legion yeah. Hall in Orangeville seven times a year. Uh-huh. And then the booker will say, hey, listen, I don't normally like women, but you're all right. Yeah, um, it's weird because he said that to me. Um, <laughs> do you find that still, Julia? Like, do you find there's like a... I, like, first of all, I have to clarify. I'm going to ask you, Julia, if you, if you still find uh, that sort of really so antiquated notion of like, well, women can't be funny, but it's it, beyond that, like just to sort of frame this, I have a lot of respect for stand-up comedians because I can't imagine doing it to the point that I get asked to do like speaking gigs. And sometimes they're like usual, like sort of keynote type things where it's, it's not really, it's not a stand-up by any means, but I did a, <laughs> I got asked to do 20 minutes. 20 minutes is a long time for a guy who's never done stand-up to essentially yeah. do a, a, like a routine. And I was like, ah, oh, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. 
Anyway, so I felt really sick and really gross and didn't, so I have tremendous respect. There was <laughs> Politico magazine was reviewing this thing. It was happening. It was a political thing. And uh, they reviewed my bit and with the headline, uh, who brought this guy? <laughs> Which is never a good sign. <laughs> Which didn't, and then it's made me a little timorous to do more. Um, so I find that comedy is such a weird, even though it's such a fun, happy thing, a lot of comedians are horrendously sad. And then uh, as yep. well, the industry is so cutthroat and it seems so angry and mean all the time. And then you've got Eve on top of that. And this gets to the question with Julia is like, do you still actually find people at clubs going, well, I don't know about women. Like, does that happen? Is that just a Canadian thing now or is it both still? It's it's definitely both. And obviously it's changed. Like there are so many more women in comedy, but just like, just go to any stand-up video of a woman online and just look at the comments. Mm. I mean, actually don't cause it's horrendous, yeah. but it's just, there's just so much like women are funny next, go back to the kitchen. Like it's, so there's clearly people who still think that. And there are a lot of progress. I don't even want to say progressive, but like great club bookers who will book diverse lineups because yeah, people, people want to see different yeah. things, but so many of the club lineups you look at and week after week, month after month, it's just dudes. It's still really reflected in the club scene that a lot of women aren't getting booked. And then everybody always has an excuse or like women aren't calling in for spots or, or we are trying to book this woman, but she wasn't free. I'm like, there aren't just five <laughs> female comedians there, or like, there are so many comedians out there and it's just, I think it's people being lazy, lazy yeah. and, and not looking for, you know, they're like, oh, if these five comedians aren't available, then we'll just I, maybe men are more aggressive. I don't know. Yeah. And that's why, like, I'm, I'm trying to be more aggressive this year. But 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 people she walks around like with a sword when it's women crazy. are aggressive. So <laughs> part of me almost wants to get Matt to, like, message clubs on my behalf as like posing as my manager or if I just get a separate email and I'm like, hi, I represent so and so. I am an old man. Book my client. Ooh. I wonder if I would get. Uh, more stuff. Yeah. I've, I've heard that works. I'm not, I'm not even kidding. I've heard that works. There's a, a guy I know who's quite successful and his whole tip to me was that uh, you should just create, if you don't have an agent or representation or manager or whatever, you do your own bookings for whatever you're doing. His advice was create an email address that sounds like a manager and make up a fake manager person and you'll get way better money. Sure. Yeah. They'll never look. No, it it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna call myself Rock Savage. <laughs> oh, Rock Savage, your manager. Yeah, I I'm like Rock that. Savage, and you should book my uh, client. That's, Julie it's Lattles. a bit of a red or flag, day. I think. Rock Savage is a bit too much, unless it's spelled R O C H, and it's Rock Savage. Yeah, like Rock Savage. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm uh, Rock Savage. <laughs> <and>, uh, <laughs> you should book my client. She's good at the comedy. Even though she's a lady. She's a nice yeah, woman. even though she's a lady, she make. <laughs> even though she is a. Dumb she make woman, me laugh. She make uh, the this funny. This is some terrible chemical <laughs> accents we're doing. Do this for real. Like, why are you not doing this for real? I literally might. Um, oh, Here's God. a question for. Why not? Oh, I know. Like uh, the world you know, ending. Well, that seems that was a big Sorry. jump. That was a big <laughs> jump from make up a fake manager <laughs> to the end of the world. Let's pull it back from the cliff a little bit. Um, here's a question for me. The question is uh, again, in sort of that reverence that I have for stand up comics. I think it's 
like I said, it's a, it's a it's a really brave thing to do, even though you can. It, that's really more of in your own head than I think it is actually happening. Perhaps I might be wrong on that. But when did you each decide I can do this? Was it just like open mics, or what did you did, like? What what was the first thing that made you go, okay, I'm going to get up on that stage and I'm going to hold the microphone and I'm going to try to make people laugh? Why? Why would anyone do that? Oh yeah, what it's. Well, I mean, I've just been obsessed with comedy my whole life and I didn't really know in what capacity. Like mm. I was obsessed with like SNL and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, I can never see myself doing that. But I remember watching, here's the thing. And I've, I've always said this, as much as people don't like him, I remember watching a Dane Cook clip, like when it first came out. And it was my first experience of seeing like a young mm-hmm. guy doing standup. Because in my head, standup was always old guys, old Rudy <laughs> Toot Poots talking about the toilet seat and their wives and whatever. And then I saw him and he was young and weird. And I'm like, oh my God, it actually right. like inspired me to do standup. Um, and then literally I just seeked it out and I, I saw that there was an amateur night at yuck yucks and it, that's literally how it happened. Like it's, I just did one amateur night and I was like, oh yeah, I, this is what I should be doing. Like I felt lucky in that it clicked so quickly for me, but, um, yeah, just like getting the guts to just do it, just yeah. drop everything. And you're like, cause so many people are like, oh, maybe I'll try it someday. It's like, well, no, do it tonight. Yeah, no one else should do comedy. Uh, there are too many comedians. Back, if this was 2014, as we were saying, but, yeah, but do not it, now. But, no, exactly. We're awful exactly. Now. I still can't imagine having the uh, the courage or the uh, or the brass neck or the complete ignorance and lack of self awareness uh, to be able to be like, yeah, I'm going to get up there and just try. And it must have been really difficult for Julia because pe- women aren't funny. That's yeah, the thing. Right. So. Terrible wenches. <laughs> it's it's interesting because I at the time I didn't want to do stand up, and at the time I was like two years old. Like I went to an arts high school school and I wanted to go to theater school but I was like always just like the comedic relief in every play whatever and so I didn't get into my theater schools of choice so I on a whim I applied to like Humber's comedy writing and performance program so I got in there so I I was only like a two-year program I got a scholarship for the second year so I'm like I'll do this and I was like more interested in the writing the sketch comedy the performance kind of aspect but then I started doing stand-up just because why not? Um, and I was pretty bad, but it was also like there was something there. Like I had, I had some, I had mm-hmm. stage presence at least. And um, yeah, and here we are like 15 years later. Wow, 15. And I just, I went to an open mic last night because I needed to work out some material. Matt and I both went and I bombed <laughs> so hard. No. Like, I haven't bombed like that in a long time. And I was just like, oh man, it just, you never get, I keep telling that. you, you can't bomb an open mic though. It's not, there's no bomb there. It's an open mic. I know. But like, you think you're like, I'm better than this. I know how to, I know how to craft a joke. And then it's just a bunch right. of people staring at you. But then back to that, it was like a, a room full of dudes, of dudes, just dudes. a bunch of dudes. And I'm like, <laughs> well, that is weak. That I'll be honest with you. That's not your best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the premise I mean, was I not interesting. No. Um, but uh, is it really like, do you th- is it still like the live audience is largely just at comedy clubs guys? Or I, I would, I can't imagine that. It can't be. No, no. It, I, I think it's, it's fairly mixed. It's pretty mixed. When, when you actually go to clubs, it's pretty mixed. Right. There's a lot of dates and a lot of like uh, bachelorette parties. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, 
No, it's it's kind of all over the especially here in LA. It's it's real mm-hmm. scattered all over the place. Yeah. It's um yeah, it's if if I ever walk into a show and it's all dudes in the audience, like that's a meeting <laughs> I shouldn't be at. Like that's not yeah. a comedy show. That is some sort of <laughs> QAnon, I don't know what's happening there, but I got to get the hell out of there. But I do think there's more like men trying to do comedy and it is changing now. And that's why representation matters so much because it's like, oh, oh, I see uh, like this person on stage and I see myself in that person. So that's going to give me the confidence to then do it or sign up for this mic or whatever, whatever, whatever. But men for so long have been they didn't need that because they're like i always see myself so i can mm-hmm. do whatever the fuck i want and that's why i think you see more men at open mics and you know no, some of them are great not all <laughs> men are bad yeah Did, didn't know if you knew that uh, <laughs> <laughs> but i think it is it's interesting with the representation like i think the there's like a knee-jerk reaction i think that some uh white especially middle-aged folk who look very similar to me um, who have, when they hear that's a representation, like, Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But I mean, it's, it's so impactful when you see, when you're consuming entertainment, whether it be live on stage or on screen or whatever. And it's, it's showing like it's holding up a mirror to kind of like your own experience. How can that not be better? And that's what makes me think it's weird that it's still an issue for, uh, you know, women who are comedians to get hassle it'd be like well why wouldn't you want them at your club this sounds great like who they're you know it doesn't make any sense yeah to me at all <laughs> oh no. it's all about control and it's power showbiz and- is just right old school it's just there's still a lot of old people that still are in showbiz and they're just like smoking big cigars and flipping <laughs> coins and being like we got to get down to the dog track and talk about the new script <laughs> Like it's just, it's still very old school and it's still, that needs to like drift away a bit more before everything. And also like actors, comedians, anybody in showbiz is crazy and insecure. So if they aren't getting something, then someone has to be of, uh, to blame. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like, oh, this is changing or that person only got that because they've ticked a certain box or whatever, whatever, whatever. And it's like, no, maybe you just weren't good enough. Or maybe they did, but maybe they're also great. And it's important that we see them. Um, so it's it creates more diverse, interesting lineups and shows and whatever. Like, I, I feel like that's being reflected now. Like, there's just so much, so mm-hmm. many different points of view on TV now. And it's, it's some of the fucking best television because people are taking chances. I know. We were saying the exact same thing. Shannon and I were talking uh, the other day saying like there's it's a really good TV time currently. Like there's a lot of amazing shows. There's some Canadian shows that have been really great. There's a show called well, there's Run the Burbs, of course. And uh, and then, of course, uh, yeah. Children Ruin Everything. And specifically with Children Ruin Everything. Yeah. We auditioned for that. You would have been oh, great. We were so we were yeah. so close to getting it. You don't even know, Stu. Y- you oh, would have we been so great. Close. We weren't that close. We were close. We had what? like how many auditions did we have? For we that? had like two, three auditions for it. We three auditions. Three you would have been great in that show. It's great. It's and it's 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 really funny, and I think the cast is like perfect. It, it makes sense. Um, yeah. But yeah. That's also what kind of sucks about being in showbiz is when you audition for these bigger things and then you see them happen and you're and you're, you're just like, like oh that's great this is great 
God, <laughs> like just, or like when, especially commercials too. Like when you yeah. audition for a commercial, you get a callback and you think you're going to get it, and then you don't. Then months later, you see like the guy that works in the casting office booked yeah. it, and yeah. you're like, "What the hell happened here? <laughs> oh my god!" What's your um, take on audition, the audition process in general? It's something that I I've spoken to a lot of actors about, and I. Th- Think like I only my only experience that with the auditioning I've never auditioned for anything, um, but is my experience is with my youngest son Gregor, the one that uh, Matt abducted, um, and yep. <laughs> only for entertainment though, just for his own entertainment, and uh, it was he would do like commercial auditions and he would do uh, self tapes for movies and all that kind of stuff, and I just thought man this is like the worst process in the world for that exact reason you would see these projects and you'd be like oh cool they're interested in me and then he would learn the sides and he would like you know get all the lines down and then we'd do the self-tape and then nothing would happen and then the sh- and then gotham would show up on tv and you're like ah stupid gotham i'm not interested in that yeah, stupid exactly. stupid bruce wayne um and yeah. it's just seems soul destroying to me but most of the actors i talk to are like no nah, it's great it's part of the part of the process is that is that your view of it as well it's, I mean, it would be nice to get a hard no sometimes. Yeah. Like, I hate the middle ground where, yeah, you audition and you're like, do I have, am I even in the mix? Like, I've had things I auditioned for. I'm like, okay, I don't, I'm not getting that. And then three months later, they're like, you're still in the mix. And I'm like, yeah. what the hell? Like, where'd you pop out of a bush? Or, or was- even to know, I'm like, did anybody, with self-tapes especially, I'm like, is anybody even watching these? Yeah. Like I, sometimes I genuinely like, will put so much work into a self tape and I'm like, I don't know. I never know. Don't know if, if it was seen or if they turned it off after 10 seconds or like, obviously you want to get feedback from these people, but they're busy. They're seeing so many different actors and yeah, Yeah. it, it is part of the gig. Like I can't fault it. Obviously we have to audition for things. We're not like, at the point in our careers where we're just getting offers. Can't but even imagine. I just, I do miss auditioning in person because I like, yeah. I, I feel like I'm good at taking direction and I'm better <laughs> in the room. Um, and with a self tape, yeah, you don't have any of that. There's no feedback. Ability. If they don't like some, something and then you can't just change it on Here's the fly. The thing. I don't want to uh, put a doorstop in this, but my weed delivery just showed up. And the dog's about to go crazy. <laughs> that's that's all right. I think that's a nice uh, segue so, point. This is where the, that Owen will put the music in the transition. That'll be great. All right, the weed is here. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm fascinated by people like uh, talking about the audition process. Uh, I've even saying to Colin Mockery and Deborah McGrath yeah. and being like, why, why are you guys auditioning? Like surely people are like, we know what we're getting now at that point. You know what I mean? And especially with self tapes yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I think it's so weird as you'd said, Julia, like with this and both you and uh, Matt had said, well, you feel like you're, they don't really know what they're doing and what they're really after. They don't even really know what they're after initially. And I remember vividly mm-hmm. taking Gregor to an audition for, uh, it was a Walmart commercial. And they were looking for a uh, white male, 10 to 12 or 10 to 14 years old. So we head off to this audition and uh, we're like, this is great. So we drive, it's February. We're driving through a snowstorm to get from Stratford, where we live, into Toronto, where the audition's happening. And uh, it's white knuckled the whole way. 
terrifying. We get there, walk in the door, and there are kids of every age and gender, just like just and humans, yeah. a bunch of humans in this yeah. room. Cattle call. Totally. Yeah. And we were like, oh, okay, maybe it's for something else. No, they all went into the same audition. Gregor went in, was in there for like less than 30 seconds. They're like, okay, thanks. And then we drove back in the car. It's like eight o'clock at night, three hours back to survive on the 401 to get back to the, to, yeah. to the house. Ugh. And after that, we were like, now nah, we're done with this. This is just, this is horrible. Yeah. You know, that's, that's where the self tape is okay for commercials, yeah. especially some, I've, I've, I remember like when we were first in LA, I would drive like an hour and a half through traffic to Santa Monica mm -hmm. to be like, to literally give a thumbs up to camera. I'm like, I can't, yeah. do, you can't just book me off my headshot or not. Like this is yeah. so stupid. It's so the, it's the one thing COVID's kind of like fixed in a way. Cause there are a lot of zoom auditions happening. Right. A lot of like self tapes more than we only had a handful of like in-person things, but it's like, that's how it should be. Yeah. For the first, for the first call, for the first call. Like, and if you are really interested, then I'll drive somewhere and, and and do you know be if it's person, for like but. a movie or a TV show or something then yeah I can't I would yeah I would honestly prefer to be seen in person even yeah. the first call but if it's like a quick little commercial let me self tape or do it over Zoom yeah I don't you don't need to see me the first time for this I was flown up to Canada last year uh -huh. peak pandemic for a callback for to be a spokesperson that I didn't even end up booking <laughs> it was like a three day adventure. <laughs> <laughs> and I showed up to this callback in Toronto from LA and there were still like 10 people that they were considering. I was like, well, what, what the hell is going on? I just flew all the way up here. It was insane. It's like a massive industry that's kind of, there's not a big, lots of parts of it that seem to be just there to prop itself up. They're just kind of self-defining, self-required yeah. parts that are just part of it. Even like the extravagance that goes into booking this stuff and making this, the commercials. I remember there was another commercial he was asked to do, which was a Canadian Tire commercial. And it was like, well, are you okay? Are you allowed? Will you be able to fly to South Africa? It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Why? It's Canadian Tire, man. Film, yeah. yeah, just craziness. It's crazy. So I want to know, like, in light of that, here's a question for you both. Uh, one of the things I like, uh, I'm not a massive Ricky Gervais fan, but I do like his approach to auditions. He's like, I've done one audition in my life, and I just, I said I would never do it again. I'm just going to write my own characters, and that's obviously very luxurious viewpoint to have um yeah you know what i mean but would you guys ever do that would you ever just write a vehicle for yourselves like like this is going to be our show we're going to pitch this show and it's going to be us i mean yeah I, we're always pitching stuff with our or writing stuff with ourselves in mind or like maybe it's more from like the the podcast angle or like I'm writing a feature length film right now You're and amazing. I'm like i'm picturing myself as the main character mm -hmm. but who knows? A, like, it's so hard to sell a script. And so if, even if I did sell it, they'd be like, uh, we want to cast someone more famous. But then I'm also trying to think more practically and I, I want to write a short that involves the yeah. two of us. Because at least with a short film, we can we can ha we can can do it ourselves. Right. Yeah. That's within our budget to do it. And then from there, you know, it might be a, a springboard to other possibilities something else yeah it's just it's julia is definitely more the writer than i am i despise it i have oh yeah pilots of like i i just can't i just it just stresses me out so much i i had like a few pitch meetings at like production companies in toronto mm -hmm. and i felt like i bombed them all and i'm like listen i i, I don't want the feeling of bombing 
uh, something other than stand-up. Yeah. <laughs> but the bombing stand-up I get, but I'm right. like, I can't bomb this too. Like I just, it was just so uncomfortable. You're a good ideas guy though. You have great I'm an ideas. ideas guy. You're good at punch yeah. up and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But to like world, like create a world and all that, like I'm just like I don't. But that's know. why like, you have a writers' room. Like it's mm. not like you're just writing the show and you're writing every single yeah. episode. I mean, I'm sure that's been it's been done. But like, if you can come up with a concept, but then again, who's gonna trust you? It's a lot. Some people are really <laughs> good at it, and I don't know. I'm trying to play to my strengths. <laughs> You as opposed to, it. you know, someone who's been in the, who's been like written on a bunch of, of things. Of course. Yeah. Right. Well, you're, yeah, exactly. I trust they you. just looked up that vine and saw you taking that kid in Young Dundas. They're like, oh, you're that guy. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I like the notion that we've somehow, you know, ruined your, sunk your career in general from going any further because of that one vine. Um, <laughs> Gregor and I... <laughs> Do you ever look back on any, any of the videos that you did and and were like, uh, I don't know, I mean, I don't want to get like, because I mean, it's, it's it's unfair, I think, to sort of call people on certain things like that because it's like it was a 2014 was a different time, um, but it's yeah, it's. Uh, do you look back on any videos and go, yeah, that's probably not the best representation of me or what I do? Do you think about that? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with Vine too, where I really felt like I was trying to figure out my sure. videoing of things and technical term, but it's, um, yeah, they're cringy as hell. Yeah. I, they're more like, I've never been, I don't think I've really been an offensive type comedian. I always, no, I don't push the envelope when it's like, Oh, the government, like, I don't know. I don't even care. <laughs> the government, the government <laughs> doesn't want you to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> so, but like, I was just mostly like just a different type of funny back then. Yeah. Like it was like definitely like, um, not really the funny I wanted to be. And now I've like told myself, I'm like, don't do something and, unless you really actually really love it. Yeah. Yeah. And really think it's funny because back then Vine, I was just like throwing, you know, spaghetti at a wall, seeing what sticks. Sure. Kind of thing. Yeah. And, and it didn't matter what it was. And, and now I feel like I'm, I've refined things a bit more. I hope you have, you yeah. you're great. Thanks. Fishing for <laughs> <You're that. welcome. laughs> Do you feel that that time period in general, like that 2013, was that a bit of a turning point for you guys or were you guys already on your way before that? Do you think? We'd both been doing comedy for some time uh, at in, in 2013, but definitely like, yeah, I wouldn't, I, uh, my bigger career things kind of happened like 2015, 16, mm -hmm. 17, I'd say. So, and, but it was an interesting time because yeah, Vine, like the six second thing was before it's time. Cause now you have stuff like TikTok and Instagram reels and whatever. So it, I remember in that moment being like, damn it, I wish I knew more about like video editing. Right. Yeah. And, and I wish I kind of leaned into that more. I actually miss Vine sometimes because I feel like on TikTok, don't even get me started about TikTok, but I, at least Vine would have some sort of, everybody was trying their own little thing, but TikTok just gives you formulas. Yeah. And it's so much like regurgitated. Yeah. Stuff. It's like, it's the same sketch done 8,000 times. It's the same yeah. track that someone's lip syncing to. It's the, it's like, and that's what's going yeah. viral. And it's it's not... I it's Also, like, the vertical. I hate vertical. I hate that we have to do vertical videos. Yeah, yeah. It's just... It irks me so much. At least Vine was like square. You know yeah. what I mean? It was... 
that yeah, was, Vine was spoiled. Yeah. yeah, and I like the idea. But yeah. I mean, the best part I always thought of Vine was the fact that it was the it was everybody were for everyone was forced to play in the same box basically literally um yeah you know exactly. you had yeah. this is what you've got you can't do anything too fancy you can't do anything amazing you've got 6.4 seconds and then you're out i mean there's obviously lots of issues yeah. with with vine in general um but um no i'm curious as as, as that that sort of time period because sort of i feel there's been like these moments in history where there's been like huge leaps uh and big sort of come-ups for people and 2013 ish was always sort of one that stood out for a number of people that I'm I'm fans of and I like it's like oh this seems to be like a turning point for a lot of people and I think of course the technology was amazing and and how could you not just mess around to sort of see what what you like which then yeah becomes part of the you know speaking to the TikTok thing with you know you're you're doing trends and all that kind of stuff which I I I'm not a fan of I get it I understand why some no. of them are funny but uh and entertaining yeah. but it's not something that I want to do and it kind of gets into that algorithmic yeah. sort of thing where it's like, I remember being at a, a, a YouTube had flown me down to California for this seminar thing. And they said to me, I was flattered. I was cause I had like very few subscribers and they're like, oh, this is like 2016 or something. And, uh, they're like, well, we know we really love your content. We, this is really great. We love this video. You did this video. And I'm like, Oh my God, they actually like know what I'm doing. This is amazing. And like, yeah. here's what we think you should do is if you just look at the trending page and if you can get some of those things and do like a <laughs> slime video or something, I was like, what? Why? Why would I do a slime video? Oh. That's not what I want to do. But it was just all sort of, you know, tending to the algorithm, which was really horrible. So I think that does that happen in does that happen in live comedy? Does that happen? Is there like is there like a where you there's suddenly there's things that are really popular, like a style or a, a theme or whatever, and you're like, ah, oh, shit, yeah. I have to do that now. Is there that? Yeah, you had a manager tell you to change your tell do more like storytelling or something. Well, no, because... she, she's like, talk more about like you and your life because she's like, and I I get where she's coming from a bit. Mm -hmm. She's like, she's like, I don't know who like you. I want to know more about you and your life and everything. And she's like, like Rami, like Rami Yusuf, mm, yeah. the show Rami, yeah, yeah. Who has, a, I'm like, yeah, he has a completely unique perspective. I'm like, you want to hear about my white lady in Canada? <laughs> like, shit, it's just. <laughs> but that's what was kind of like in at the time, and I, I find, I find we've both stayed pretty true to like, yeah, our style, mm -hmm. and it's not like, oh, you got to start writing political jokes. Well, both of us aren't that style of, yeah. of comedian. So I'm not just going to immediately start yeah. doing that because that's trendy because at the end of the day, people, your fans are going to like you for you yeah. and people are always going to dislike you for you as well. And you can't please everybody. So but also just, it's early in my hmm. career, this uh, a comedian and friend, Ron Jossel gave me some great advice and he goes, he goes, uh, whatever you're doing, just do it how you want to do it. And if it's not trending now, everything will come around and it'll, whatever you're doing will eventually be in. Kind yeah. Of thing. So it's like, don't try to shoehorn yourself into something you're not comfortable doing. Just do whatever, and then eventually people will take notice if it's good kind of thing. So This is good. This has been good. That's good advice uh, for me personally, actually, to take in, which is really good. I've, <laughs> I've, been, I've been asked to do like another speaking gig, and, uh, and then they told me afterwards, oh, no, you're actually the entertainment. And I was like, damn it. Why do I keep falling into these no, stand-up gigs? I'm not a stand-up comedian. And I was, I was totally freaked out about this. And then I think I figured out that that angle, and I figured out my opening line, which should just kill it all. And that's the uh, the line would be: um, uh, I make videos on the internet, and uh, I'm not a stand up comedian, which will become slowly and gradually and painfully evident over the next forty five minutes. 
and then that's I'm out of I'm out of jail. <laughs> that's it. That I've set yeah, the bar exactly. so low that it doesn't matter what I. They're like, you know, that's yeah. not bad. That guy's not a stand. He's pretty funny. That's okay. Yeah, that's good. That's not bad for a, a video man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just being like, hey everyone, I stink. <laughs> this is gonna be terrible. Happens, that one's that's on you. <laughs> So tell me, before we finish up, tell me, uh, there's two questions. One is, uh, what is the the dream for you guys? What's the ideal? This You, you open up your inbox or whatever, and uh, there's an offer there, or there's something that happens. What's the dream for you guys? Like huge pie in the sky dream. Um, I mean, huge pie in the sky. Like in a perfect world, we're on a sitcom or the leads, or I'm in a movie. I'm like just working constantly. My dog's not barking at people. <laughs> like, or this like, I, just, I just, I love being on set and working and being like, I want to create a fun show. I want to work with my friends. I want to employ my funny friends. I want them to employ me. Yes. Or, or I would also love, and we've, we've done like pilots and stuff before. Like I would love to be like the host of some sort of like food travel show. Amazing. Yeah. That would be amazing. That's fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, Matt, what about you? I, the, yeah, the food travel show is absolutely a dream mm-hmm. just to travel. And, and you're like, I'm working. This is my yeah. job just to eat garbage all around the world. Um, <laughs> That's not the but Absolutely. My, my big is <laughs> to eat garbage. Um, it would be late night talk show. I mean, oh. I, who knows how it will ever happen, but like Conan O'Brien, that show is my perfect show. Like yeah. Every I've been, I've watched it my whole life. And I'm just like, that is how you do it. That is exactly how I would do it. Yeah. And like, we've been lucky enough to like even work on the show yeah. briefly a few times. And it was just an absolute dream. And just to have a really goofy, self-aware late night talk show. And then just to see your name. It's like yeah. late night with, you know, Matt yeah, yeah. O'Brien. Yeah, know? yeah. And, that's, and it's, uh, that would be absolutely it. And then we'd have a, uh, a hot tub. Yeah, hot tub. <laughs> I want a hot tub. I want a house. I want a late night talk show and a hot tub. Hot tub. And I want a ski ball. I want a ski ball. Oh, uh, our own ski that, ball. I love ski ball. I love ski ball. Yeah, no, that's love really it. good. Well, I think, you know, Conan is fantastic. Yeah. Of course, he's a really great, but, you know, for the first time uh, in a long time, I actually watched some late night television last night, like the talk shows. And uh, yeah. I got to tell you, they're garbage. It's just really not yeah, that good. It's not good. It's really like I thought. I can't. I can't watch this. Like this is. There's nothing engaging yeah. about it. And I don't know if I've been spoiled by watching like social media videos or YouTube videos where there's like bang, 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 quick edits and things are happening all the time. But we they'd sit through the conversation. I was like, uh, I'm not really like this person that they're interviewing isn't that keen on being there. The questions all feel very yeah. <laughs> stilted and horrible. Whereas Conan was always great because it was always so chaotic and it was always you know, ridiculous and and yeah. really really and like early yeah, letterman and stuff stupid. yeah for sure here's my last yes. my last question for you guys is this give me a really great tip um here's a real great tip <laughs> always have a snack in your car mm. yeah that's <laughs> like good a, like a like a meat stick or an apple um small small uh can of juice a uh, water bottle anything a roast pig <laughs> rotating pig. in the trunk i know just, i was thinking granola bar but when you're gonna get stuck in traffic oh yeah, yeah granola bar yeah. There you go. makes more sense than meat thick i don't it's even just, know what that is so many times 
A meat stick. Oh, a meat stick. I think. No, it sounded like meat, like a slim jim. Yeah, I got that. No, like like a. Yeah, I understand what it is now. But I thought you said meat thick, and I was like, No, you've been in America oh. for too long. I don't know what yeah. that is. You don't have meat thicks up there. <laughs> a meat thick is a is a nude meetup in the woods that yeah. you don't want to be a part of. Yeah, just a bunch of thick honeys in the woods. Um, yeah, um, that was a great what tip. What my tip. Yeah. Be? Thank you. Here's my biggest tip that more I'm, I tell people, and they're always shocked. If you're hungover, drink an emergency. Like I don't know if this is news to anyone, but those emergency packages, those like powdery, electrolyte. oh, electrolyte, yeah, vitamin C, it is it cures your hangover immediately. It, you just it depends how hungover. No, you are. it's immediate. <laughs> I've been mixing emergency with CBD oil, and I feel like I'm on, on another level lately. I'm. I'm thinking things I never thought. I'm doing things. I'm. I feel lighter. Uh, I feel like silk. So mix CBD oil with emergency and, and keep snacks in your car. And keep snacks in your car, and you're welcome, I th- America. I think that's a really great advice for the kids out there. I think that's nice for them to hear that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for spending time chatting, guys. I really appreciate it. And you know that I love you guys. And uh, I can't wait to see what else you do and, and where you go from here because you're evidently incredibly talented. And uh, LA is lucky to have you. So thanks for coming on the show. Thank Aww, you very much. Thank Congrats you. on getting retweeted by Chrissy Teigen, by oh, the yeah. way. It's Tigan, by the way. So it's Tigan. I is see. It actually? Yeah, it is. No, no it is. What? He's he's Fred. No, <laughs> it is. It's Tigan. It's. <laughs> I, uh, no, this is it's true. Bullshit. You know, you look it up. You look uh, up how to. You, well, we're tight, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Look it up. It's true. Chrissy Tigan. But I mean, that's just. Chrissy yeah. Tigan. It's just because she comes to me for advice every yeah. now and then. But that I mean. <laughs> but that I mean once. What a life. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for having us. Thanks what a, for having what a us. pleasure. Yeah. Here's to Chrissy Tigan. <laughs> Really Great Podcast is fueled by our well-caffeinated friends at Club Coffee. Don't get too excited because there's no actual club to join. It's just a weird name. I don't know why they chose that name, but they did, and they're called Club Coffee. The good news is they make delicious compostable coffee pods. You can find it at retailers across Canada, like Loblaws, Amazon, and Costco. If you're not into coffee, sorry. Oh, and they're Canadian too, eh? <laughs> 